You know, one of the uh, things I love about the play Hamilton, I haven't seen the play yet, but I've listened to the soundtrack so often that I really love it. I feel like I, you see that play or you hear the music and you can feel every sense of every scene, you know, all the emotions, you can kind of, you can, you can visualize it. That's, that's my point. And it's not just about Hamilton I'm speaking of. It's about the fact that this play has really brought out history to people. I think that Hamilton has done more for young people's appreciation for the American Revolution than anything that was put out by any public school in America for the past 30 years, maybe even longer than that. It made the American Revolution real, exciting, it personalized it for so many people. It, you could identify with it. Uh, anyway, that, that's the point. And, and I love that play. So go out and see it. Get, certainly get the soundtrack. You'll, you'll love this play. And it's, you'll see why all the hype is very well deserved. Um, but it's not so much about Hamilton, the play that I want to speak about now. It's, it's about that era of time. It always fascinated me why it was that the British just kind of didn't just continue on what they were doing in the early 1700s. You know, the American colonies and the British were getting along just fine. The, the American, the, the, well, the colonists, as they called themselves, were very proud British citizens living in the colonies. And they, they loved their relationship and uh, they had their own, it was de facto democracy over there. It was only around the time of the revolution <clears throat> that things really went sour. I mean, the, the French and Indian Wars in which George Washington fought and fought very bravely. He, was, he fought as a British soldier. Um, th that was just a couple of decades before. In fact, I think 15 years before. So what happened? You know, it's not just the taxing and, you know, they decided that they need more money to support their English effort and such. Yes, of course, that's part of it. But what really happened was King George. He went crazy. There's even a movie about it called The Madness of King George. It's worth checking out this movie. And he was mad, literally mad, crazy for the entire revolutionary period. And after the revolution ended, very quickly after, his madness lifted. He had some sort of disease. They're still trying to figure out what, what it was, but that's not really important right now. He, conti he continued to live on. But he had gone crazy. And you think to yourself, and, and, and that craziness led him to make very crazy decisions. And he, as a king, right? Remember, there was no one to check him. I mean, there was minor controls on him at the time. But the reality was that, that he was making terrible decisions, forcing the Americans to pay taxes. And he wouldn't listen to reason, despite the fact that they, that they knew they couldn't hold down the colonies. They, they actually knew that. So... It reminds you of something, doesn't it? It reminds you of, and I think you, you figured this out off, uh, offline, Ari. It reminds you of Pharaoh, right? It's the first thing. Pharaoh is crazy. What's the matter with this guy that, that he has to be so hell-bent on destroying the Jews? It just He decided that they're all going to conspire against him and get rid of him, and so we better enslave them. So he enslaves them and then makes their lives even more difficult every opportunity that he can. He's crazy, and his craziness is, is even more evident by the fact that when Moses finally starts throwing the, the ten plagues upon him, God throws the ten plagues at him one at a time, you would think any one of them would, would cause him to say, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. You, you, Jews, here are the keys. Fine. You guys go, no problem at all. So sorry about that, about our terrible misunderstanding, right? I mean, it's like going into you know, one of these haunted houses in, in the movies, right? And, and you go in, I think it was Eddie Murphy made this joke, and he, he was talking about the difference between white family horror movies and black family horror movies. And, you know, uh, white families go into a house and it says, get out. And they stay in the house for some reason. And he says, you know, when black families, uh, they go into a house, if, if they were to hear the wall saying, get out, you know, they would say, uh, okay, I'm out of here. Thanks a lot. Uh, so sorry to trouble you. And they're, they're out of there. And they, you can hear the, the tires screeching. I don't blame them. I would too. Something's wrong with the house. If the house is talking to you and it's bleeding the walls, maybe you should leave. All right? <laughs> Same thing with Pharaoh, right? The, the, 
God is, is turning, literally turning off the lights. <laughs> There's nighttime the entire time. Literally throwing frogs at you. Literally turning water into, into blood, right? Uh, the locusts and the boils and everything else. That, you know, and of course, the, the, and all the while he says, nope, not going to let you go, right? I'm despising all that power from God. Now, again, I, I understand you, you may say, oh, I don't believe in that, that stuff, Mr. Lurie. I, I'm talking about his literature, you would say, okay, you know, to try to identify with a character like, like Pharaoh. He was crazy. He was mad. He had to be mad to not see the logic of letting the Jews go. This powerful uh, thing called God was clearly sending him a message. So you, you, you ought to have left that haunted house, as it were. He didn't, and it led to very bad results. Even when he let the Jews go, and then he had a second change of heart, and he throws himself into chasing them only to find his entire Egyptian army smited as a result of the Red Sea collapsing back on, on him, right, at the end of the day. Uh, P.S., by the way, he's, he's left alone. Do you know this, right? In the Bible, it, it, there's, a, there's like an epilogue, like the end of the, a lot of those movies, like what happened to uh, like a, an American graffiti or Animal House, right? There's, what happens to these guys when John Belushi becomes a senator or whatever? So there's an epilogue to Pharaoh. He didn't just... You know, die. We know that he didn't die in the water with the rest of the Egyptian army, at least according to the to the story of the Bible. He actually ends up uh, ruling a small little town in Egypt. And when he deals with the Hebrews yet again later on, he says, "Give them whatever they want." <laughs> right? He knows better at this point. Right? Okay. Madness is what we're talking about. Madness, and. It almost makes you think, you know, we now know that Pharaoh's, the hardening of, of, of Pharaoh's heart, as we hear about in the Bible, you know, created, oddly enough, great things. At the end of the day, it, the Jews left Egypt. They left slavery. They embraced freedom because that's what God wanted for them. They were, after all, his people, his chosen people. And he wanted to develop that. And, and then, of course, 40 years in the, in the desert in order to avoid any memory of slavery and so forth, like you've heard about that. And it developed into our notion of freedom today and our appreciation of love of God and such. And that in turn led to the Christian notion of freedom and uh, what we now know as a bill of rights and all the good stuff that we love about freedom. And likewise, I think you could look at King George as a sort of Pharaoh. He wouldn't let his people go. But the American colonists were saying, let my people go. And he was mad. It was, it, it was almost a perfect corollary. And by the time the revolution ended, well, just after that, that's when his madness ended. Coincidence? Who knows? So it's not about a historical story, what we're talking about today. Ari and I are actually going to spring something interesting on you about exactly this, but it, it's the beginning platform. It's not about Pharaoh. It's not about King George. It is about madness. We know that madness doesn't work. Ask Pharaoh, ask King George. Didn't turn out well. The stubbornness with, with which they proceeded in their orders and their instructions and their authority didn't work. In fact, it backfired on them and backfired horribly, right? I mean, had the British colony, had America remain a British colony, can you imagine how powerful Britain still would be today? But, you know, it, basically it would be, it would be the fantastic enterprise. It would be around for uh, at least another 200 years. That's the way it was. But madness doesn't work. And I, and I bring this to you in the context of the Democratic Party today. I think that they are going through a madness. How about that? And, and we talked about this a, a few weeks ago. We, we, I think we titled our podcast, you know, Why We Scratch Our Heads. And we look at these people and we say, how could it be that they, they riot when somebody tries to, when a conservative wants to speak? How could it be that they focus so, so much on transgenderism when it's only one out of 35,000 people? And, and, and the, the gay marriage business and how they want to... Um, uh, it toppled down all these statues of Confederate uh, 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 personalities from the South. Why? The madness that's going on, right? And, and, and their whole agenda. I mean, the Women's March, right, with all the pussy hats, as we saw. 
um, their infatuation with that and their, the Russian collusion story, their anti-Semitism fake story. All these incredible things that, that are just designed to invoke craziness. It is mob rule at best, at best. And they think they're doing something wonderful. But it's madness. And the madness has sept, seeped, seeped into the higher echelons of the Democratic leadership, whether that's Hillary Clinton or Debbie Wasserman Schultz or Al Gore, for that matter, or, or Obama. Obama, very good example. It, 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 there's a madness that's going on. And, it, and in a sense, they're saying, we will not let your people free, meaning America and conservatives, generally speaking, but really Americans, generally speaking. They're not letting us free. They yeah, don't want only, to let us you're free. You're only free to win an election if you uh, vote our way. Right. You're only free with information if you agree with what Google tells you. You're only free to believe what the mainstream media tells you. You're only free to stay to another uh, American, whether in the workplace, on the street, in your own bedroom, things that we proscribe. Right. And, it's, and they're crazy. Everything about it. I mean, if, if you are a liberal, I should say a lefty. Let's just use lefty. Okay? If you're a lefty, or anybody for that matter, are you, do you like what you're seeing here? The ter- you know, the pulling down of the statues and the, the shouting downs of conservative speaker, is that, is that cool with you? I, I hope not, because you, you don't want to be associated with these people. You may believe that um, you know, conservatives uh, have the wrong ideas for America and, and progressivism is the right way to go. But putting that aside for a second, do you like their tactics? Because their tactics are trying to achieve what you want, which is... The, the minimizing of conservatism in America and the advancing of, of progressivism and the hostile approach with which they take it. Are you okay with that? I, I got to believe that most of our listeners are not okay with that. I, I wouldn't want that. As a conservative, I want to um, uh, advance the, um, the founding fathers' ideals, right? I want gun rights. I want free speech rights. I want freedom of religion. I want God, God back in the public schools. I want a lot of things. I don't want abortion anymore uh, to, to be available anymore. I, you know, I'm a very conservative guy. Okay, so, uh, but would I, would I say, what if somebody decides that they're going to blow up all the Planned Parenthood places? They're going to, they're going to, you know, make sure that nobody um, will be able to speak on any liberal issues whatsoever. Yeah, gonna, someone proposes shooting anyone who's a, for gun control. Uh, right. the, we would be the first people to say, no, violence is not the way we will or want to achieve this. Right, or, or we, we wipe out all the history of anyone that remotely did anything good who happened to be a liberal. Let's say John Kennedy. He did quite a few good things as a president, right? <clears throat> but let's just erase that altogether. Um, and for that matter, erase anything that the liberals consider to be good. Of course not. We would never... Subscribe to that. It, it, it's just anathema to the way we deal with business. You don't have conservatives doing these things. Yeah, if there were Trump-led or Jeb Bush-led or George Bush-led or Reagan-led mobs beating up liberals without any justification just because they're liberal, uh, we probably would not be conservative very long. Right. Or supporters of those candidates or elected officials. For a second, we would see a horrible atrocity taking place, and we'd say, we're out of here. Right. Gone. Yeah. And, and their response to this is like, well, that's because you guys are the status quo. Like, no. When, when Obama was around for president at, at, for eight years, he was the status quo. The Democratic Party was the, the status quo. And they had, they had complete power of the Senate and the Congress and everything. You guys were the status quo. Come on. Stop this nonsense. Right. Even, even more and, and, and the there's no justification for this mob rule. Right. Even more to the point, and I think this has to be said, is this violence is in support of the status quo. This violence is completely in line with the corporate governance, the, the um, uh, prevailing conventional wisdom on every college campus in America, the prevailing co- conventional wisdom of every major corporate media outlet, movie studio, multinational studio, uh, corporation throughout the world. Every globalist notion of conventional wisdom is being supported by this mob. They are not the forces of uh, uh, disruption. Right. Well, look, I mean, and, and when you think about the Antifa movement, that's a, a classic example of madness, right? 
And Antifa is not much different than the Occupy Wall Street, which is was to, was a, also another form of madness. Yeah, technically it's the exact same group. If you remember, this they used to call themselves the Black Bloc protesters right. in 1998, and they're the same people. Right. And then there's a Black Lives Matter, which is another form of madness. There's no structure. It's it's just designed to vent and to complain and to destroy. That's all it is, and it doesn't work. Let me give you another example. Um, we talked about Pharaoh. We talked about uh, uh, King George, of course, and there are many other examples. You know, Hitler, of course, was a, a madness factor. I'm not trying to equate King George with Hitler uh, or Antifa with Hitler, although they do use a lot of fascist tactics, so there is some similarity there. But Hitler, of course, was a madman. There's, there's no getting around that. Uh, and that didn't work well for Germany either. Okay, it was it was it utterly annihilated them. In fact, it annihilated all of, of Europe. Uh, everyone regrets that Hitler was ever born on any day whatsoever. All right, but um, th- that's that's madness for you. And then you have you know on a more micro level, if you've ever done uh, dealt with a, a a girlfriend in our case uh, or a boyfriend who who is just nuts, right? They they suddenly go crazy. You know that that doesn't work, right? Um, if, if a boyfriend told a girl, uh, his girlfriend, listen, either you stay with me or I kill you, <laughs> right? The girlfriend is going to, she knows the relationship is over. There's no way that she can stay with this guy. And then, of course, there's temporary restraining orders involved and uh, full-on injunctions and so forth. Unless her name is Nicole. Yeah, God know. forbid. That's but exactly that's right. But that's a perfect example of a non-despotic madman yeah. that we all know about. Yeah. OJ it, it, became a madman. Okay, but it doesn't. The point is about crazy boyfriends and girlfriends. You know, you just you got to get away from them. It doesn't work. You're, you know, stomping your feet and screaming and demanding things and being moody and such like that and having your temper tantrums doesn't work. Okay, it, it, it cannot. It may work for an instant, or it appears to work for the instant, but it, it's you just want to get away from this person as much as possible. So again, another example of madness not working. And Antifa. Black Lives Matter, uh, Occupy Wall Street, whatever name you want to put it uh, with. Uh, and, and for me, it's the progressive movement altogether. I think that they are mad. They are crazy. Yeah, just look at like the behavior over the last year and a half, let alone the whole career of Debbie Wasserman Schultz or Anthony Weiner. Right. Madness, these people. They're lunatics. Oh, I, I, I'll take you one step further. I think that the global warming movement is, is madness. It, it's, it's, a, it's a truly bizarre illogical, unscientific um, uh, uh, program designed solely to control our lives. That's it. It's a, it's a form of madness. And, and we know it because in the same way that King George and, for that matter, Pharaoh, uh, failed to see what was happening to them and how they were actually being destroyed, that they were losing in a very bad way. There was no way they could win. The same thing is happening with the global warming movement, right? I mean, the facts are coming in. They don't match with Al Gore's predictions, or for that matter, the United Nations predictions. And we see that there's a whole bunch of lies associated with the global warming movement. And yet they still go forward. I call that madness. Yeah, and and it's so simple. If there wasn't Al Gore, let's just say the symbol of the whole thing would just say, I was wrong. Wouldn't that be so easy? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. we will getting to that point in the next segment of this podcast because, uh, and Ari, you brought this up about how the Democrats fail to ever acknowledge that they're wrong. And instead, they just keep on doubling down in every aspect that they can. So we'll get there. Um, I, I love this part, this analysis, because it leads to you know, the, the very motivation for what Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and so forth seek to accomplish. What do they seek to accomplish? Their, their desire is to trip up the Trump administration and, for that matter, all the Republicans and the Republican agenda as much as possible so that, gosh golly, nothing will get done. And in 2018, the Democrats will come roaring back in, don't you know? And it'll be a glorious day. Yeah, they are, their job is to use violence to drive Republicans out of power, to put Democrats back into power and to keep them in power once they're in power. Right. And here's my point. It won't turn out so well for them. It certainly won't turn out that way. I am very confident, and I'm making a prediction, that if if things go the same way that they are going right now, where they continue uh, their agenda of just trying to trip Trump and everyone else up, Republican-wise, conservative-wise, 
it's going to be very bad for them at the ballot box in 2018 and in 2020. Again, if they continue on with that policy, and they will. Yeah, there's as we've talked but, about with Gore and others, they, there's no choice. They, they, they've they, never been different. Madness. That's the point. Right. I mean, I mean, if the, if they actually change their tactics and and use logic and such like that, they wouldn't be the Democratic Party. That's right. They wouldn't be the Progressive Party at least. So uh, that's what's going to be very amusing to me. They think that they're going to win more in 2018. I th- I find that really unbelievable. Um, now, look, I, it's it's possible that I can eat my words in. After November 8, 2018 rolls around? No. No. I, not this time. Okay. I don't think so either. Again, this is assuming that they continue their modus operandi of being crazy and acting crazy like that crazy girlfriend that we just described, right? It, it, it's a tactic <laughs> to try to keep your boyfriend. Yeah, it is a choice. <laughs> might right. not be the right one, but it's a choice. It's, it, well, a tactic in particular. You, <laughs> yeah. you want to go, just go, go ape, you know what, on, on your boyfriend and make him wonder what you're going to do next. And you're just, you know, the boyfriend is simply saying, ah, can, I, can I just go now? No, I, I'm going to block your way. I'm going to do terrible things to you. I'm going to, I'm going to set your kids on fire. I, I mean, crazy stuff. Yeah, smash your TV, set, yeah. you know, cook your bunny. Yeah, disconnect you know? your brake lines, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, stuff like that. Cook your bunny, that's right. Um, and, and, yeah, good example, actually, you know, from, from the fictional story, of course, of Fatal Attraction with the Glenn Close character and how crazy she gets. And, you know, he made a mistake. He had an adulterous affair. But, you know, that shouldn't be his punishment. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, but, but horrible things happen to him. And, and does, he, does this woman actually think that he's going to, well, you know what? You proved your case to me. I, I really feel scared. So we're going we're gonna to come back because I'm just too terrified to... To not leave you, or to leave you, yeah. So yeah. that'll be too dangerous. Uh, so the same thing with the, the Antifa and so forth movement. They think that we Americans are going to embrace them more. Yeah, because... That, we're, that, we're, that we like this, that this makes sense to us. Are you kidding? Yeah. Here's the beauty of it. And unlike the, the, the boyfriend, this is the, I, it could easily go the reverse. I'm not just saying about boyfriends and girlfriends. Um, it could easily be the reverse, right? But... Unlike the boyfriend who's thinking to himself, how the hell do I get out of this situation, right? She can find me. She'll track me down. She, she knows where I'm on Facebook. Maybe I have to change my name. Maybe I have to move. I mean, those are pretty onerous responses to craziness, right? But it's not, it's, it's unlike that situation. In 2018 at the ballot box, you're on your own, baby. You're in the ballot box. It's a secret ballot still. <laughs> you vote with what really really motivates you. And in the same way that that boyfriend, if, to make it a perfect uh, analogy, the boyfriend is simply saying, I hereby vote my girlfriend out of my life. You think he would do that? Because I think so. He's going to vote her right out of his life. And that's what's going to happen. They're going to vote. They're going to say, they're going to see all this Milo's Yiannopoulos uh, stuff, um, the, the craziness that they do, the, the, the conservatives, the Google episode, and culture, the tearing down the statues because they feel like it for that day, Black Lives Matter, and uh, they'll remember Occupy Wall Street, all the, the crazy stuff, the crazy reaction of Charlottesville and how they're trying to get Trump to admit that he's disavowing them, he's not doing it fast enough, he's not doing it completely enough, even though he's done it many times over. We now know that it was, he said it like 15 different times in a row, but of course New York Times doesn't show you that. They're tired of it. And all the lies. So they know about the anti-Semitic stuff was just a bunch of garbage. They know the Russian collusion story was a bunch of garbage. And you think that, they, that, that the, the average American wants more of that? You, you, you think that they like crazy? I have some news for you. It doesn't work. It doesn't. It didn't work for Pharaoh. It didn't work for King George. It didn't work. Didn't work for the the crazy boyfriend or the crazy girlfriend, as the case may be. It didn't work for anybody, ever in the history of the world. Madness doesn't work. But why not try, right? <laughs> That's their whole logic about yeah, it. Yeah, because what American voter doesn't want to vote for a political party or candidate that is in a close association with the people causing chaos in your neighborhood? Right. Uh, oh, you're breaking stuff. You're right. I'll vote for the people you want. Right, there you go. I'll, I'll just give in to the... By the way, there's a word for that. Um, I know this is... <laughs> a family that's, podcast right <laughs> that's called terrorism yeah violence in the name of getting a political result is the definition in the dictionary of terrorism 
Oh, you're so right. Uh, so, and and it, it, since when has terrorism really won elections, other than in some faraway land ruled by truly despotic, awful people? Well, here's the beauty of this: is that they don't even understand themselves, right? I mean, it's like when you we, we have we both have young kids, right? And so we know, in a sense, we know more about them than they know about themselves, right? Uh, because you know they're going to go through puberty. Their, their interest in this Barbie doll, in your case, with, the, with your two girls, and I have, you know, uh, boys as well as, as one girl, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be as interested in Legos and Pokemon cards. We know that. They can't imagine a future where it's going to be different, right? They, 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 they can't do that. We know it about them, but they don't know it about themselves, right? We know that they're going to fall in love with the opposite sex at some point in their, their age, and they're going to have heartbreaks and such like that. They have no idea about that right yeah, now. Or the same sex, and we'll be <laughs> just fine with the marriage. Right, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> well, but, either, but either way, they'll go through a heartbreak, yes. right? Okay, so they'll experience emotions that they're not experiencing right now, I mean, romantic notions. So um, I, I think that that is something that's very valuable to, to understand. And in the same way, um, the Democratic Party... Remember how we talked before about the Democrats never appreciate time. They yes. don't know two seconds in front of them or two seconds behind them. Right. At they, least, at least my kids remember, you know, what happened two, three, four years ago. They do. They, by contrast to the Democratic Party, they learn from the past. Yeah, they might they, not have this perspective you have, but they haven't year zeroed themselves right. to not remember. Hey, I remember that time I was playing with Duplo blocks versus the outer space Legos, right. or the little rag ragamuffin doll versus the sophisticated Barbie in the Corvette. Right. Oh, I could see. You're right. right. I don't play with that one as much anymore. I, you know, I might play with the Hatchimal someday. Right. And they, and they know that you know if they behave nicely now, they 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 will get that great prize, whatever that might be, a toy, delayed gratification. Right. They they appreciate that because they. They know that it's worked for them in the past. They appreciate that. And do you know what else they learned that AI to fund Democrats haven't learned as far as terrorism? That the screaming temper does not get them that. Well, that's that's my point. <laughs> right. They, so so they don't appreciate two you know two seconds in the beyond two seconds in the future and beyond two seconds in the past. They only live in that one little time bubble, and they're going through some sort of morass that they themselves can't even understand. So they 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 fail to see that their craziness can't work. If they just look past them a little bit further, they would realize it never worked before, but they're going to keep on doing it over and over again. And so that's why you're, st you're seeing this madness still going on. They think that rioting means something. They think that suppression of uh, expression of conservative ideas in particular is somehow beneficial to them. They think that tearing down history via statues or otherwise is somehow going to help them. They think that, uh, you know, stirring up the pot with racism and racist charges and pointing fingers at everyone uh, and inventing scandals of anti-Semitism or otherwise is going to help them. It's not. We know that. Why? Because we know how to look <laughs> in the past more than two seconds. That's why. And so, you know, we make a lot of predictions on this show. And, and sadly, we're always right about it. It's, it's painful. Yeah, we don't want to be right. That's right, right. But in this case, I guess I do want to be right uh, because I, I know in 2018 that the, the Democrats cannot win more votes, more congressional seats, based upon uh, this continuing platform. Right, it can't, it can't and, work. And, and one of the easiest things is the heyday of the Democrats, the 1960s. What did the 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 conniption of the 1960s get the Democrats? It got Richard Nixon elected. That's so true. And, and you can't learn from that. That maybe that hippy-dippy, uh, showerless lifestyle, you know what, is not the way to get another Obama elected? Yeah, sorry. You think? Exactly right. <laughs> it's exactly right. I, they, they just can't see themselves in that context. Look, I, I want to move on to the next point that, that uh, we had alluded to before, which is about that they never can acknowledge that anything they've ever done is wrong. Okay, As, as you put it, I guess you were quoting Rush Limbaugh. Uh, for his comment, which was so brilliant, like uh, Hillary Clinton can't seem uh, to to not find a rake so that she can step on it. Yeah, or, on the lawn. And, right, on the lawn. And you know, and it hits your, yeah. yeah. If it, his direct uh, quote, which I think just illustrates this, is if you took a rake and just put it on a lawn somewhere, right, 
or you put a bucket of excrement on a wide field just somewhere, and you put Hillary Clinton on that field, there is no way she would not step on that rake and hit herself in the face with it and not plunge her little foot into that bucket of excrement. Everything she does always results in the greatest possible catastrophe for her reputation and self. Right, but she is a microcosm of the entire Democratic Party. Um, and that's that's what we had kind of briefly alluded to before. They they never will acknowledge that they have ever been wrong. You you brought up the example just a little while ago about how Al Gore, um, even in his next movie, the Inconvenient sequel, um, <laughs> I, I like to call it the unwatched sequel. <laughs> I call it the, the inconsequential sequel. <laughs> the unseen, the great the, unseen the unseen sequel. sequel. <laughs> Oh, poor Al. We love you. We No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I said on my Sunday show that, you know, there's, you know, you tell Al it's because it did so poorly in the office, in the box office, right? I mean, really, number 15 on opening weekend. It was, I think it was behind the Emoji movie or something. It was, it was terrible. I mean, and really far behind the, the Emoji movie, which itself was not very good. Okay. So here's what I told, here's what I told uh, the folks on the Sunday show. I said, it's a good news, it's a, no, it's a bad news, good news sort of thing for you, Al. Take it that way, because I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I'm a half glass, <laughs> half full, whatever, glass half full sort of guy, right? So, so I, said, I said, on the one hand, the bad news, of course, is that the movie did absolutely terribly. Just terrible. The good news, the 14 people who did see the movie, they loved it. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta respect they were that. Really committed. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. They're your biggest fans. Al. Give me so, your home address. You'll yeah. have friends forever. But look, the point is that it it's it too poorly. And this movie, and I have yet to see it, but I did see the previews. I will see this movie. By the way, I, I love seeing um, illogical thinking in in its own way, as long as it doesn't harm me in any way. But I love to tear it apart. I love to show <laughs> to deconstruct bad reasoning. I do that for a living, right? I, 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 I will expose anybody very quickly in the flaws of their logic. And I like doing that. It's, it's fun. It's interesting. It's part of me as a chess player. I don't know why that's funny, Ari. It's true. I'm thinking, you know, it's such a mismatch with this idiot. Yeah. I mean, this, oh, he's this an idiot. moron. Yeah. I love it. You know, in the, in the original movie, uh, An Inconvenient Truth, right? They, they show, you know, he's talking, he's narrating his voice, t- telling a little bit about how he's just trying to get this message out. And you see him traveling from airport to airport. And, of course, you, you know that he's not going through, and he's going through security. And, and they say, oh, excuse me, sir. And he goes, oh, my pen. And he, and he puts it to the side, right? <laughs> wait, wait. He's, so, he's never been in that line Yeah, that's right. No, but like, as if he's just one of us regular schmoes, you know, going through a security. Like, Al, please like just give Mitchell. it up. Okay. So then, so, uh, that's bad enough as it is. Okay. I, but I get it. He wants to show that he's traveling around. And, and he's, you know, he's going through the hardships of air travel because, you know, that's, he's, he's doing it for such an important cause, global warming. So, uh, but then, then you see him going into an airplane. And he's going through uh, the coach area, and he's looking up, you know, down from his ticket, looking up to the to the uh, the coach seats. The numbers here is fifteen, here's fourteen, so, like that. And I'm like, first of all, you know, you're not in coach. Why are you looking at the numbers in coach? Okay. <laughs> and sure enough, sure enough, and the I mean, to their credit, they're showing him actually in the first class or the business class where he ends up. So he's he's not pretending he's not in business class. Okay. So, but but if you know that dude. Then why are you looking up to the economy class seats? Like, are you? Uh, you're stupid, right? I mean, you gotta be stupid to do that, honey. We're in first class. <laughs> we're not in economy. All right. And then, then you know, my my son points this out to me. He said, "Wait a minute," because we we've flown business class before, and he says, "Dad, isn't?" Doesn't everyone go through business class to get to their coach seats? Like, you don't go through coach to get to business, right? And if you're in business, you don't go through it to coach just to look around, <laughs> That's right. to come back to business class. <laughs> or was he, he just, he was so thorough to make sure that, that this was not his seat. <laughs> like, nope, this is like a 14. I'm inside too. So this is another seat that is not a seat 2C, right? Yeah. Anyway, a 2B. 
Uh, you get the idea. So it, it, there were so many flaws in this movie, but so wrong. And I don't want to talk only about global warming because it's such a, but it is emblematic of how wrong they were. All the predictions, um, the, the flawed science, it's, it's all there. And we now know that there's a, there was a lot of fraud associated with it, but they want you to forget about it. They want you to not to think about that. They're very good about, you know, making sure you see what they want you to see. That's exactly what they did with Hillary Clinton, right? They they wanted you to see only the woman that they wanted you to see. That, look, that's politics. The healthy one, not the right, collapsing right. seizure one. Right. <laughs> and it never happened. But I mean, that's the that's thing. The seizure happens, all right? It's one thing, you know, I, again, I understand it's politics. You only want to present, you know, your candidate in the best light possible. Why would you sure show a person's, a candidate's warts, right? Why? But once the warts are shown, you better explain it. Is it benign or is it a serious cancer or is it, what is it? And so she has a seizure and they don't, they, they pretend it didn't happen. What seizure? You can't prove it, <laughs> but there it is on the camera. Yeah, we got the videotape over here. Yeah. Oh, that seizure. Well, she's just fine. See, yeah, now we, she, we yeah. got her this afternoon and she's waving to the crowd. Yeah, with, with pneumonia and she's hugging this little girl now. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so anyway, but, but so they can never do any wrong. They can never accept responsibility. At the end, you know, she'll say, or they will say, our, our leftist uh, listeners, our liberal listeners will say, what are you talking about, Barack and Ari? You know, she admitted that she was not wise to have that separate email server. She acknowledged that uh, loud and plain. Um, no, uh, that was only cover in order to make, because she knew that, that was, the cat was already out of the bag. That, that it's, it's not, she didn't say, of course, she couldn't say, what email server are you talking about? I never had a private email server. You're wrong, sir. No, she had to acknowledge it. It was already out there. And then she said, in the most bizarre way, saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't so wise. I, just, I was just trying to, I was opting for convenience. Those were her words, right? No, that's not admitting it. That's like saying, I don't know, you know, your wife catches you sleeping with another woman. And you say, oh, I didn't, I, I thought this was your vagina. I'm so sorry. You know, I was, I was opting for convenience. I was wondering why it felt so good. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, man, we just blew the PG-13 rating on this. Okay. Anyway, the point is, uh, you know, that's what it would be like to say, I, I, I thought it was yours, honey. I, oh, well, gosh. Oh, my, what's this woman doing here? Oh, you, I. I'm well, so it, sorry about it, that. But 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 and, and it could have it could have happened to anybody. Yeah. That, that sort of excuse. And it also gets into what we consider normal behavior. Let's just say you're caught by your wife doing something you shouldn't, some level of something you shouldn't. Right. The first thing you do as a normal person who cares about saving the relationship is you come clean on everything. Right. And you turn over more documents than you need right. to prove that it was only this and that it didn't happen. Or if it happened in other places, these are all the places that happened. And, hun, can we go forward and just, you know, yes, make the yes, best? I totally and, and you yep. agree to the counseling yep. and you grow the mediation. Or if it comes to a divorce, yes, settle. Right. And you settle quickly, yeah. but you know whatever it is, you you expose all of your laundry quickly, and you right. overexpose it. And in the case of Clinton, no, uh, uh, what's the difference at this point? Does it make? No, I don't have an email server. Yeah, I have a server, but it's just about the email. Uh, it's just about the uh, yoga lessons and my grandmother and the wedding. No, no, no. There's no classified documents. There's nothing marked classified. And no, no, no. We never sold uranium to the Russians. Uh, uh, come on, admit it. You were using it as a slush fund. To take bribes. Yeah. Just admit it. Yeah. Come on. Well, we know. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, this week, you caught with the Awan Brothers scandal. Today, did you hear a statement today? Now, no. we're recording this a couple days before you guys are hearing this. So this might be hopefully old news if the mainstream media tells you. Well, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was caught paying this guy to be her IT guy after the FBI and the Congressional uh, Data Management System agencies revoked his security clearance to work on the government IT systems. Her excuse for paying him until she, she didn't anymore? Wait, I know it. I know it. He, she thought it was another man's penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, she said, and I mean, this was her statement to the public. She said, he is guaranteed his rights of due process. I didn't want to pay him until he was arrested. And um, I felt that if I stopped paying him, it would look Islamophobic. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, can't, you can't find a lamer excuse than Alec Baldwin in that movie going, it's not what you think. Right. And there's a woman in the bed. Yeah, that was that, that working girl, that movie. Yeah. That, that was my one of my favorite uh, lines that I, I often requote all the time because it's exactly that. Yeah, that's no, what it's it is. exactly what I'm saying. It thinking. is, it is. So, look, I mean, every single main major player in the Democratic Party, you know, they can do no wrong. Everything that they've ever pursued is, is great and brilliant. They never make mistakes. You know, this is why it's such a great example between the atheist and the, the Christians, uh, or, or the believer for that matter. You know, I love about, you know, people who are devout uh, Christians and devout Jews, and for that matter, not even so devout. They love talking about their mistakes, right? Oh, I should have, you know, I, I sinned. I did. A, I made a major mistake here, without, without having to be caught necessarily. They'll even talk about themselves, generally speaking. I just have friends that I have from KRLA, the radio station, and otherwise, very observant people, and they talk about themselves like, uh, you know, I made a misstep here, and I, I was a, I was a drunk, I was a louse, and I turned my life around, and, and I hope my kids can forgive me, and. Uh, it was didn't pay enough attention to it, whatever things like that, and I love that. I mean, first of all, it's it's really nice. It, it, it humanizes them, which is very healthy, and it actually makes me trust them more. Oddly enough, right? It, but the atheist doesn't do that. They they're perfect, don't you know? When I was an atheist, I was perfect. Oh, I I did nothing wrong. Every single step I took was right. I don't know what happens. What's in play there? I guess at the end of the day, believing in God lets you be human because you accept the fact that you are human, right? And With flawed, all its glories and all perfect. its flaws. Yeah. God is perfect for us. I don't right. have to be. Right. I make mistakes. An, an atheist claims to be yeah. perfect. I think that's exactly what it and is. And another thing is that, especially Christianity, God will forgive me. I have faith I will be forgiven. Right. There, I, there's I, nothing I can do except uh, murdering in God's name, of course. Uh, that uh, can't be seen or maybe have hopefully reversed one way or the other through true repentance, of course, um, and forgiveness and such. There's nothing that can't be done like that, um, reversed like that. And in the Democratic Party, which is so without God these days, it's as if they're adopting the atheistic approach to everything. They, can, they do, no, do no wrong. The Al Gore movie, going, going back to him a little bit, um, you know, he presents this, movie, which is supposed to be the summary of all global warming thinking by the year 2007. Um, and then this Leger de main, you know, the, the sleight of hand, where now it's global, you know, a climate change all of a sudden because, you know, global warming is not really... Yeah, it's not always warming, but yeah. we got, it's changing. It's, it's changing, changing, so we got to do something about this. And then, you know, he, he, can't, he can't back down from the, the prediction that he made. Uh, unlike us, he makes predictions that never... Never right. They're never right. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, is very reliable. Then yeah, I can trust him because whatever he says, it's the opposite. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. But, but he said that buy blockbuster video stock. I swear it's going up. <laughs> okay, Netflix. Where are you? Exactly. So by the year, I don't know when it was. 2013. New York was supposed to be flooded in. You know, constantly. Right. Yeah. We have liberal friends who believe that. Who, yes. it, it, a lot of people. And, and so, of course, that didn't happen. Yeah, right? they're disappointed it didn't. Yeah. So in the new movie, the the inconvenient truth. Uh, sequel. He says that uh, I predicted, uh, you know, he actually doubles down on this. And he goes, uh, you know, I said um, that it was going to be underwater. Um, it was even worse than I thought it was going to be. And, <laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? Right. I thought it was pretty good, my, my, my invitation. <laughs> it was even worse than I thought it would be. Uh, it just hasn't time. been worse yet. Yeah. But it will no, my, my invitation, I thought it was pretty darn no, on the spot. No, I'm talking right? about that. Yeah. Was, you nailed it. All right, so, so what is his excuse? Like, wait a minute, I don't think it's been flooded. I, I've got to, my parents live in New York. I, Subways are dry. They're, they're fine. Water. So his argument is it's worse. How is it worse? Hurricane Sandy, don't you know? Because uh, the whole bunch of water uh, rained on, on New York. Well, that, that was inconvenient. I, that's for sure. And it was the truth. <laughs> and it was the truth. But that's not what you meant, Al. You meant something else. You, you meant the oceans rise, yes. not the rain fall. Yeah. There's a difference. A very difference. And you failed to show the causal connection, Al. What a loser this guy is. Anyway, so but he doubles down, just like an atheist would double down. I know this because I was one of them. I know how the atheist thinks. They are so righteous. Uh, look, and, and look, look at us. I mean, you know, you and I are flawed. I, I've got plenty of flaws and such like that. I don't want anyone to think that I feel so righteous about it. I'm just observing things, 
right? There's certain patterns We're in human just behavior. Two guys with some knowledge and a p- strong opinions and a microphone. Right. In this case, you're a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. But everything. But other than that, we're. Yeah. But everything we, we are. everything we believe is based upon the past experience. We focus on what works, right? We're, we don't pretend to be magicians. We don't pretend to be all-knowing. But these guys, they, they have all the answers. They always do. They're never wrong. And by the way, if you disagree with them, then you're, a, you know, you're the equivalent of a Holocaust denier. You're that's a why I, Yeah, that's why I said everything is global warming now, right? Whether yeah. it's, so whatever your position is that's contrary to the liberal position, you're a heretic. You're, you're a horrible human being because you can't believe what we believe. If you don't believe in affirmative action is the right approach to ridding uh, America of racism, well, then you're a racist yourself. If you don't believe in um, uh, you know, minimum wage as the process to elevate people's income, well, then you're greedy. And, of course, if you don't believe in global warming, well, then, you know, you're just in the, a corporate tool of the big, uh, big oil companies and so forth and so forth, right? So they're so damn right all the time. They, and, and, and they, I mean, we're just skeptics, skeptics. We ask, by definition, that means we ask questions. You know, can, can we please, I'm raising my hand here. Um, can you show me the causal connection between man's, um, production of uh, carbon and such like that, and the rising temperature and the water is going. Can, oh, and can you show me the connection between the hurricane, uh, the, uh, the so-called climate change, and hurricanes? Um, can you show me why solar flares wouldn't have more of an impact than anything man could ever do? Can you show me why it's carbon from cars that matter and not? Flatulates from cows nearby on the side of the road that or matter vol- more, or volcanoes, or volcanic as, ash, or whatever. As, as Neil deGrasse Tyson, as I do the dance, said, "The carbon coming out of volcanoes is a different kind of carbon. It's an element. <laughs> Remember, it's element. I think number eight, carbon right. or six, whatever. It's that a is. different kind of carbon. How can there be different kinds of element? <laughs> gold is gold. You know, uh, poop could be celery or hot dogs, but gold is gold. Carbon is yeah. carbon. It, rem- it reminds me of a Simpson episode where they were doing a, a shuttle launch, and you know they were so boring at some point, and so the Simpsons were trying to capture that. So, and Ted, uh, Ted, uh, no, Tom Brokaw was you know a fake imitation yeah. voice, uh, and they said well, we've got a really exciting uh, <laughs> shuttle launch going on today. Uh, is that right, Tom? Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. so we've got uh, a mathematician. Uh, a another kind of mathematician and a statistician on board. <laughs> like, so it reminds me of what you're saying. It's another kind of carbon. Like that's the same thing. <laughs> the same like, boring nerd. <laughs> anyway, so uh, back to the point. They never can acknowledge that they're wrong, and and, and it, it makes me. It, if you ever de- deal with somebody who always claims to know everything, right, and and claims that he's never been wrong, he's never made a mistake. Right, you kind of, you know, um, whatever. You rub your chin, scratch your head, you know, raise an eyebrow, and you say, "I don't think so." I mean, you kind of laugh at him on the inside, and you know, you don't even want to tell him directly because he he'll just go crazy if you tell him, "Dude, it's not possible that you've always been right in the in the past that you've never made a mistake." I mean, you you just laugh at him, but somebody who actually believes this, they'll. They'll act crazy if, if you don't agree with them. And that's what we're seeing with the Democratic Party, aren't we? Yeah. And the connection, I, and I think this is, this is the amazing connection, between a all-powerful tyrant like Pharaoh or King George III or Kim Jong-un or Ayatollah, whatever your name is, or Nicolas Maduro or Fidel Castro, and your common anti-fa or Democrat liberal is because of their their breached connection to to a higher power, they believe they're all-knowing, all-sensing, all-seeing, all-powerful, and are entitled to it. And they act exactly the same. If if the Democrats could behead us or burn us at the stake for our heresy, they definitely would. Yeah, I I think they would. And, and, you know, it's it's only a matter of uh, the the natural law that prevents that. We still live in a system of laws where, uh, you know, the police would come. Um, and, and eventually stop the day. Look, well, it's getting I, I, awful close. I mean, look at Berkeley. Uh, look at these little capricious um, principalities now. Uh, Berkeley, uh, LAPD, ordered to stand down when Trump people are under assault. It's getting scarier and scarier. Luckily, there's still a semblance. Um, yeah, a semblance. Uh, but 
this is what they want. They yeah. want the all-powerful control to literally destroy, annihilate, take the life of those who simply disagree. Right. And and dare using this faculty called critical think critical thinking and analysis to voice the disagreement. And say, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Off with your head. How dare you, racist, sexist, homophobe, James Danmore, out of a job at Google. Oh, you it's know? it's 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 shocking. You know, and and the funny thing is, they think that. Oh, it'll never get uh, too bad. It'll never get too bad. But forgetting that America is a unique institution, that it, this happens all the time in every other country. It's, it's not as if there's something unique in the American DNA that doesn't allow corruption. It, it, corruption is there so long. Uh, so uh, corruption will definitely manifest itself unless we stop it. And the reason why America has been su- successful is because we have law and order, checks and balances, and, and the system in place that we do. And a resilient public that is very resistant to corruption spiraling out of control into despotism. Right. And we love God. And, and you know, it's, it's so funny. The liberals will, will talk about how crazy it is that this country is so God-observant. And, uh, you know, all the rest of the uh, advanced countries in the world don't think like that. Okay, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, have you, have, have you stopped to think? Again, well, then again, they haven't because they can't think past they two seconds think, be, yeah. in the past. Like, <laughs> You've already asked them to do too much. Right, exactly capable. right. <laughs> but, but now here I am. I'm breaching that two-second frontier for you, right? And I'm going to tell you <laughs> that if you look at American history, you'll see that the reason why you are where you are with all your cars, all your you know, uh, lamps and, and your electricity and your computers and your telephones and your airplanes and so forth— uh, that all came from America. Yes, that, that God-fearing, loving uh, country known as America. And now you're laughing at America? Why do you think you got to this place? Why do you think you enjoy the freedoms that you do today? Europe, and you laugh at us? Or any other place, Asia, Africa, all the places on earth that are have any even slightly tolerable regions upon their continents yeah, yeah. because of the inventions of America. Right. And then you blame America for making you so miserable. Right. But forgetting that, you know, maybe the answer to your problems is not to get rid of America's belief in God, but rather to absorb America's belief in God. Maybe you'll get the, the, the picture. Maybe you'll get, uh, get the idea of what works. Look, South Korea is doing this right now. They, they uh, rightly or wrongly, I, I think rightly, I, I think it's a, it's a cool thing that they're doing. They're teaching uh, Talmud. They're teaching um, yeshiva learning among the students in, in South Korea. Why, you ask? Because, you know, they're a smart country. They want to get ahead. And they say, you know what? Those Israelis, they kick ass. And we're going to do what they do. How we about want, that? We want to be more like the winner and less like the loser. Yeah. You, you, if you see Hong Kong doing one thing and you see North Korea doing the opposite, it's probably a good idea to do what Hong Kong's doing right. and not do what North Korea's doing. Yeah. Wh- when has it ever been, and I'll take it to our listeners' uh, individual lives, when have you encountered a situation where you see somebody, let's, let's say in, in your field, for whatever it is, you know, acting, law, medicine, and such like that, and you say, you know, that's, that guy is successful, and I wonder what it takes to be that successful. Wouldn't you like to know, right? Wouldn't you say, well, listen, well, he, he focused really hard on his studies. He, he uh, learned uh, to be political a little bit, but nevertheless, he also was creative, and he's got a nice approach. And that's, the, the, you know, you listen to such a person. You listen to success. You don't run away from him thinking I that go, you'll be better than him. You stole it from the Indians. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> Everything was right. <laughs> it's all racist at the end of the day. So, I, you know, I, 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 I just, I don't understand these people. You know, why wouldn't you want to learn? And why wouldn't these countries want to learn from America? I, you know, as a young kid, when I was 10, we talked about this before, I, I, I thought, you know, why doesn't everyone just adopt America's government system? Just adopt the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and just be like us. And, you know, at the time, you know, then I turned 15 and 20 and such. And I thought to myself, well, that was rather um, narrow-minded, uh, narrow-minded uh, culture-centric and such. And, uh, you know, it wasn't sophisticated enough to think. But, you know, it was a 10-year-old mind, so what do you expect? And now... At the ripe age of 50, almost 54 now, I think, yeah, you know what? I was right <laughs> as a 10-year-old. You know, you might want to think about, of course, you can have your own culture and such like that, but 
your own food and everything else and your own language and your own traditions. There's nothing wrong with that. But why not adopt the American Constitution? Why not, why not do exactly the same thing? And you know what? I think, I think it might work really well for you. Why not look study what America has done and say, okay, let's see. Well, it's not just the Constitution you need, but you also need the, the various different parts of the government. Cool. Uh, checks and balances and such like that. Yeah, Got, regional gotcha. states. Regional states. different from each yeah, other. Yeah, defer authority uh, as much as possible to localities. Yeah, if it's Spain, for instance, the Castilians are different from the uh, you know, Catalonians right. or whatever. Have an emphasis on law and order and enforcement of the laws. That's very important, too. Um, and an emphasis on, on hard work and minimize the government as much as possible. And among many other things that we can talk about. But it's not that hard to, to, to recreate America somewhere else. I mean, and, and you want proof of that? Okay, I'll give you proof of that. When we go to, uh, if you go to Guam right now, which is near, North, near the Korea Peninsula for right now. It's, it was in the news recently, but I'm, I'm bringing it up for a different reason. You go to Guam. It's an American territory. You go there and it looks like America. You feel secure as an American citizen in the same way that you would there. You don't think to yourself, this is a uh, you know, I, I can't understand their ways yeah, or anything foreign else. land with foreigners who don't understand me, who might eat me as cannibals. No. Right. It's, no, you, 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 you know that at a certain level you're going to have the exact same protections as, as you do in California and New York and so forth. And, and that's good, right? So it's possible. You may, you may think that, oh, it's going to be wiping out the culture of other people. You don't know what you're talking about. Culture? What culture are you talking about? It, who says that you have to get rid of your culture? In, in what way does it blow by all the culture. What, you think that the speed limit sign is somehow going to interfere with your, your culture? Yeah, it's, you think that, it's you think that Yeah, you think that, in, that embracing freedom and, and bestowing freedom upon your people is going to hurt your culture? Do, you, you, don't you think it'll enliven your culture? Right, it'll allow your culture to flourish. And you, the analogy, the example, can just be brought here in the continental United States. What do Florida and Alaska as territories have in common? Nothing. Right. But because they're both run by America, look how whether you are native descent or uh, alien descent, and right. I'm talking, you know, from Europe, right. you know, white man, either yeah. place, people flourish or yeah. fail based yeah. on their own, you know, uh, enterprise and ingenuity because there's a system of governance that, that allows there to be um, civility and, um, you know, I, I, no chaos. Right. I think we've gone a little far afield from, and it's, you know, a little distracted by where we, and it's very important topics, but... Nevertheless, the notion that the Democratic Party simply cannot admit that they're wrong. They cannot admit anything that, the, that they, either from an individual politician's point of view or from their entire party's point of view. Nothing that, they, that the party has ever done is wrong, right? You, you tell them about their horrible history. And <laughs> Jim they, Crow. Yeah, Jim slavery. Crow and slavery. They, they'll put, you know, they just, it didn't happen. No, you're, no, you're, the party you're just wrong. Yeah, the party switched. Uh, like, you know, they don't explain how that has switched, but, you know, and, and Lincoln would have been the Democrat, whatever, the, the crazy things that they say. And, but the Democratic Party has always been right. And then you say, okay, well, if you think you've always been right, tell me where you've ever been right. And they can't do that either. It, it's so, it's so funny. It's like, it's like that drunk uncle who lives in your basement, who doesn't have a job, right? And he was just moody as all hell. And he says that everything he's doing is Right. <laughs> And you just kind of like I don't have a drinking problem. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. You have a drinking problem. You have the drinking <laughs> <That's right>. problem. <laughs> it's like I'm not a heroin addict. You're a heroin addict. Yeah. That's right. Or, or, or <laughs> to go back to that movie, you know, the working girl movie. The guys, you know, caught, you know, sleeping with another girl. And they ask, I'm not sleeping with another girl. You're sleeping with another man. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> anyway, I, it, it's it, it confounds us all, right? And I still present that question to any of our liberal listeners in particular, and anybody, anybody for that matter. Look, I could be wrong. A statement that no Democratic politician has ever said in the history of democracy. All right? I could be wrong, but I don't know of any policy, any agenda that the, that the liberals have advanced, that the Republicans have opposed, that has worked. And I want to hear that from you. And I, I dare say, I don't know of any time where the Democratic platform, as either an individual level or as a party, has said what we did as a party or as an individual was wrong. 
That is shocking to me, but more importantly, it's very, very telling. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.